Welcome to Christian Medical and Dental Association's Chapel. We trust this message will encourage your walk with the Lord. I'd like to say thank you so much for the uh, invitation this morning. Uh, it's a privilege uh, to be with you all in the chapel service. Uh, real briefly, just uh, give you an update with the ministry of uh, Tri-Cities Recovery. Uh, of course, we're a uh, non-residential uh, program. And when I say non-residential program, of course, it's not a place where um, people come and say we have um, uh, support group meetings that we provide uh, weekly for those that are struggling with, like Misty said, life-controlling problems. A lot of times when we say life-controlling problems, uh, folks think the obvious, you know, drugs and alcohol, but it's uh, so much more than that uh, that we help uh, individuals with uh, depression, um, of course, unforgiveness, uh, alcohol, drugs, you name it. We have like 35 uh, books that we facilitate out of uh, through the Living Free material. I'm a faculty trainer uh, for Living Free, which is headquarters is in Chattanooga. And of course, uh, we of course go to different churches and organizations and help them get started um, uh, with uh, small group meetings and take them through training with the Living Free and so forth. And Oh, wow. Currently, I think there's about 16 plus that's active in our surrounding uh, area, uh, all the way to Greenville, Tennessee, to uh, we're in Grundy and Buchanan uh, County, Virginia. And we're just helping folks uh, that are broken, uh, folks that are struggling, help a lot of uh, moms and dads, uh, of course, uh, siblings that have loved ones that's dealing with addiction. Uh, we provide uh, uh, groups for that, Christian Al-Anon. One book we use is called Concerned Persons Group. So uh, we're full throttle with the, the groups that we're providing uh, weekly. Uh, in the event that we have an individual that's coming to our meetings that needs something uh, more intense than what we can provide, uh, I serve on the board of directors of our local uh, Appalachian Adult Teen Challenge. And we currently have three or four that's in both the male and the female program up there uh, that's from our area. And it is a 12-month-long program. I'm sure a lot of you all have heard of the, uh, David Wilkerson, the founder of the Teen Challenge program. Uh, I'm a diehard fan of that program myself. Um, several, several, several years ago, uh, of course, I went through the program uh, myself at the Adult Teen Challenge. And uh, after I graduated, I went on staff there uh, for a, a period of time and then come back home when I, and come back home, back to Bristol. And we got started with the Tri-City Recovery Ministry. Uh, I also serve as one of the chaplains at the uh, regional jail in Abingdon, Virginia. Um, wow, um, I won't even get into all of, uh, that's going on up there. Uh, there's over thousand inmates. It's uh, Washington County, Russell County, and uh, Smith County. And of course now we have a lot of folks from the Bristol City that's uh, uh, having a bed up in Abingdon as well. And we conduct services uh, all throughout the course of the week. It can average from, uh, you know, three to seven services a week that we conduct inside the regional jail. Uh, we have uh, outreaches that we conduct uh, in our community, uh, revivals and so forth. Matter of fact, I uh, have a gentleman with me today that we uh, had a tent revival on Commonwealth and um, of 
course, uh, he got out, off work and works at Shears and looked across the road and decided that he was going to come over. And that was back in uh, early spring, and he's been with us ever since. So we, uh, we go into the streets and the highways and the hedges and do our best just to be the hands and the feet of, uh, of Jesus. And uh, we're so privileged uh, that God has given us uh, the ministry that he's given us. And uh, got a couple testimonies that uh, I'd like for you to hear today. And uh, these men, well, one of them is first time. Uh, we currently have uh, about 50 plus that attend our Thursday night meeting. And uh, these are just a couple um, that uh, could come with us today. But I want to ask uh, Eric if he'll come on up and uh, just share his heart. Um, I won't take the punch out of his story, but I'm sure Eric will tell you where we met and how this relationship got started. I'm, I'm excited this morning. You know, I always get a little nervous around public speaking, but at the same time, when you've gave your heart to Jesus Christ, it's exciting when he opens a door for you to be able to glorify him, you know, and to raise up his name. Um, so I'm a person that's, uh, I'm in long-term recovery now from drugs and alcohol, and really, I had, a, I had a spirit of rebellion over my life, you know, for most of my life. I started using drugs when I was nine years old. And uh, when I was 14, that's when I became an IV drug user. You know, the first thing I remember doing uh, when I was 14 years old, I started shooting up Oxycontin. You know, and that's when the Oxycontin was real uh, prevalent in, the, in our area. And uh, I remember the first time I did it, I knew that it wasn't going to be good. You know, I just, that feeling that it gave me, I knew that that was going to be my life. And that's what I did. That's what I did for most of my life, you know. Um, I was on opiates. Uh, I did uh, anything that I had to do to get what I needed, you know. I was doing morphine, fentanyl. It wasn't the, the, the car fentanyl that we have now, but it was fentanyl patches and just anything that I had to do to get what I needed so I didn't have to be sick. And I was in high school, you know. Other kids were playing sports and uh, going to football games and doing these things, and I was trying to sell drugs to keep up this habit that I had. Um, and uh, that road, it just leads you down. Um, you, you, before long, you don't even realize uh, how bad it is that you've got. You don't realize who you are anymore. You lose yourself in that. And I remember I was thinking about this when Mark asked me if I would want to do this last week. You know, That whole time, I felt like something was wrong with me. You know, I felt like something was missing no matter how many people I, I surrounded myself with or what I was doing, I always felt alone. I felt like something was just seriously missing and something was wrong. And uh, um, about 2014, that's when I got introduced to methamphetamine. And this is where uh, the enemy used those drugs to really get a hold of me. You know, I completely lost myself. And before long, uh, even when I was doing the opiates, I felt like I still had a little bit of morals. You know, I still had a little bit of a decency about me. But when I, the first time I did meth, all that went away. You know, it changed who I was. Uh, I didn't care who I had to step over to get what I needed. You know, uh, who I had to steal from. Um, and it's just terrible, but uh, so when I was 33 years old, I have what I like to think of as my but God moment. You know, when you're reading the scriptures and you see the two words but God, or you hear a testimony, and you hear somebody say the words but God, that's when he's about to step in. The atmosphere is about to change. You know, these hopeless situations, all of a sudden you start to see hope. And uh, for me, what that looked like was incarceration. And I'm not trying to glorify going to jail. Lord knows you don't have to go to jail to find Jesus. But 
for me, God used that. You know, the Bible tells us that he can use the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And for me, uh, when I was out there chasing drugs and chasing all that, that, those things that I was doing, I wasn't sitting still long enough to hear God. And we know uh, Psalm 46.10 says to be still and know that I am God. And uh, I, when I was in that jail, you know, after a while I signed up for this faith-based program um, inside the jail. And that's where I met Mark Mitchell. Uh, Mark does a meeting in the, a living free group uh, with that group of guys in the jail. And really it's a discipleship program. Um, and I start seeing Jesus Christ through the body of Christ. These people come in there, they would call them volunteers, but all throughout the day, uh, Mark was one of them, and there's a whole bunch of other just amazing, uh, powerful men of God um, that come in there to give a piece of themselves to a broken people, you know, just to share the love of Jesus. And uh, that really sparked something in me to start wanting to get into the Word of God. And that's where things really started to change in my life. In the Gospel of John chapter 8, uh, verse 31 and 32, it says, Jesus says, If you abide in my Word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And it's that truth of God that sets you free. Nothing else is going to do it. It's Jesus. It's not about any one program or any one person. It's about God. And uh, so I went on to graduate that program. I was in it for about 15 months. And since I've got out, God has blessed me tremendously. You know, he's provided every need that I had. Uh, since I've got out, I've got married. Uh, me and my wife got married at our church. Ten days later, we got baptized at our church. Um, he's just amazing. Uh, so I, four days after I got out of incarceration, I got a job. Um, and I worked that job for almost two years, and then God opened a door for me. Uh, so now I work for Ballad Health. I'm actually a peer recovery specialist. I don't know if you guys have heard of that, but it's just we just try to help people uh, when they're coming out of incarceration with reentry needs or, you know, just whatever we can do to help because we've been through it. And I just try to always point them to Jesus because I know that's the one that's going to do the changing. Um, it's by the grace of God this April will be five years that I've been sober. Um, and... Thank you, guys. Uh, and now uh, I get to go back into the same pod. I was with the guys last night over at the Abingdon Regional Jail and do a living free group with them. Um, and Mark has allowed me to help him for the past few months at Tri-Cities Recovery to facilitate the insight group that we're doing down there. And I just see God moving through this ministry so much. And I know it's not about Mark or any one person. It's about God and what he can do through people. Amen. Uh, and Chris, I, I just see these people coming down there just sharing their hearts and sharing of themselves and growing in God each week. And it's just amazing what can happen if you let God take the wheel. Amen? Amen. Thank you all. Man. <clears throat> Amen. You know, the Bible says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become you you know the world says once an addict always an addict but there is a live warm body here with you this morning that proves that the world is not right because whom the sun sets free is free indeed and uh, we just give God all the praise we like to see God reproduce and uh, of course uh, as uh, Eric had shared this man that was once in jail going through the living free groups is now going back in the jail. He's leading living free groups. And on Thursday night at Tri-Cities Recovery, this man that was a needle junkie, this man that the world wanted nothing to do with, 
this man is now leading the Living Free groups on Thursday night and just seeing God work through him, his two beautiful children, his wife. Uh, it's, it's just amazing, just amazing, and uh, just to see what God is doing in his life. Like I shared with you, uh, of course, we had a tent revival back in, uh, back in the spring, and this gentleman worked across the road at Shears, and he seen what was going on. And matter of fact, there was several uh, of the employees that was getting off work that was coming to the meetings, and uh, of course, uh, Chris being one of them. And uh, I've just asked Chris, this is his first time uh, giving a testimony, but I want you all to just give him a warm welcome and come and share your heart. Hello, my name is Chris Pennington. Well, I'm here from Bristol, Tennessee. Um, I grew up in Bristol, Tennessee my whole life. Um, you know, I could say at the least, you know, my life was like any other normal life. You know, I grew up with a with my grandmother, my mom and dad were alcoholics. Um, so I did not really get to see them most of the time. Um, other than that, I was blessed enough to have my grandmother in my life uh, to raise me the man I am today. Uh, Lord, for, Lord be to God that she's in a better place now. But um, I will say from the start, um, I went to Tennessee High School. I played football four years. Um, I graduated. Um, you know, I wanted to play football in college, but you know, it didn't happen. But God's got better things for me. But to kick off first, um, I had got introduced into pornography when I was, let's see, my senior year in high school. Um, things were going down. Um, wasn't going up the right way that I planned. I was hanging around a crew of people that. I thought was good, good homies, good friends, but turned to find out I had to learn the hard way. Um, a couple of, um, like two years later out down the line, I was into pornography. And other than that, I had a girlfriend by the time. And from there, I just was doing like bad images in my head. The devil was corrupting me, but also I learned from in meetings. I've been going to meetings three times a week. And you know, it says that the devil can put mind, put things in our mind, but we have to make the choice to say no and go from it. Um, other than that, I am a year and a half sober from uh, pornography. I ain't touched it. I ain't thought about it. And the reason being, though, is because Mark Mitchell and these meetings I'm going to, I go to a meeting in um, Abingdon with my sponsor. Um, I don't know the church name, but I go there on Wednesday nights. Thursday nights, I go to Tri-Cities Recovery. Fridays, um, I go to, I help at Hub. It's in Bristol, Virginia. It's a um, um, homeless shelter. You help feed the hungry. Saturdays, um, I got introduced with a friend of mine named Shane, which a friend of Anthony's, my friend. Uh, we go to Bible studies at the public library, and, you know, we get to speak to people in the community about it. And then, of course, Sundays, you know, I go to church, and Sunday nights, I go to um, at the table meeting. It's another meeting. So, you know, just staying busy was a key thing to keep my mind off of those negative thoughts, off those, um, you know, bad images and thoughts. So I just give God the praise on that. Um, another thing I fell into was alcohol. Um, alcohol was a big key because, you know, of course, my mom, my mom and daddy was alcoholics, but um, I had turned to it as a void to cover up the hurt that I was in a relationship 
Um, and long story short, you know, she left me. Um, I did nothing wrong, but I turned to alcohol to cover up the pain that I thought was going to heal me. It didn't. Um, I, sent, I then came to getting bad thoughts like depression, suicidal thoughts on why, why am I here? Why am I doing what I'm doing? What's wrong with me? Why does she leave me? When I was asking the why questions, when I should have been asking the how questions to God, and when I started asking the how questions to God, let me tell you, he had opened up doors I did not even think he would. He placed people into my life. I mean, he was, he's pl still placing new people into my life. And I just, it's amazing how God can work in people's lives. Sometimes, and it's like a, um, a pastor at the, at the table meeting told me, Zach Holt, he's over to 117 Discipleship, which I'm really interested in to getting into. Um, you know, sometimes we have to fall your way to find your way. And sometimes when we're at our weakest, that's when we can become our strongest. By our faith in God, you know, applying the faith to God and being able to live up to the words, you know, you could say you believe in God, but if you don't apply it to your daily life, then it really doesn't mean anything. And so other than that, it's like Mark said, you know, the tent revival, you know, that day was one of the best days of my life because that was the day that changed my life. Um, I got off a 12-hour shift at a factory, manufacturing. It's hot out there in the factory. My first thought was, you know, I'm going to go home, man. I'm going to go home and rest. But God sent somebody in my life, and he said, Chris, I need you to go down to that tent revival. I need you to go down there. I need you to say, Chris, I need you to go down there because there's people down there that you're going to meet that's going to be in your life forever. And, you know, when I went down there, I saw that man right there, Mark Mitchell. And, boy, let me tell you, the, f the first thing I saw was his dress shirt wet, sweaty, and everything. Let me tell you. When I saw that, that got me thinking, man, I could do that one day. I could be better one day in the name of God because no matter how sweaty his shirt was, boy, let me tell you, the Lord of Jesus was running through his veins. Oh, my goodness, let me tell you. That right there, that gets me pumped. I'm like, man, if I can, if I can just switch, switch to flip, flip the switch, you know, and just do something good with my life, man, everything's going to get better. And so I was going to tell you, too, um, December 4th will make five months I'm sober from alcohol. <laughs> Thanks be to God, because if it wasn't for, if it wasn't for God putting, putting you all to, you all are a big, I don't know you all, but you all mean something to me. Because this right here, I'll never forget this day in my life, my first testimony. And this right here is a very key moment in my life because it's the start of something new. And I just thank God for each and every single one of y'all. And I'll... And I'll keep y'all in my mind and my prayers daily. So thank y'all. And God bless you. Come here, buddy. You've done good. <laughs> You've done good. Thank you, Mark. I love you. Love you, buddy. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's just, uh, that's not rehearsed. That's just as real as it gets. Um, I'd like to read something. Uh, we got about five minutes, and I'm going to read something real briefly. And uh, we'll close with prayer. It's a very familiar passage of Scripture. And uh, it's in Mark chapter number five. Of course, I won't go through uh, all the detail, but uh, 
The Bible says in verse number 1, And they came over unto the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes. And of course, Jesus had, uh, they just come out of a storm, and they had got to the other side of the sea. And uh, verse 2 says, And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tomb a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains. And, uh, of course, this man was living in a, a graveyard, and uh, he was uh, uh, demonically uh, possessed uh, with unclean spirit. And the Bible says no man could bind him. They had put chains around him, and, and he would break the chains, and no one, no man could help him. And the Bible says, and um, verse number 6, And when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and he worshipped him. And he cried with a loud voice and said, What have I do to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man Thou unclean spirit. At his word, when Jesus spoke, he said, Come out of that man, thou unclean spirit. Uh, folks, this thing is much bigger than us. Uh, it's a spiritual warfare that's taken place right before, before our very eyes. As we were praying before we come in here, we were reminded that as we are speaking this morning, there's people that are under an attack from an unclean spirit that are contemplating suicide, that are injecting drugs uh, in their vein, that have no hope. And man cannot change them. There's only one person that can change them, and that's Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the King of Kings. We won't present ourselves like we have all the answers because we don't have all the answers. When folks come into our meetings, we just simply just love them, share the Word with them, and just let God's Word do what God's Word does. And we'll see folks come through our meetings that are sick and tired of being sick and tired. And when they're sick and tired of being sick and tired, when they've tried everything else and nothing seems to work, when they give Jesus a chance, we see Jesus transforming lives right before our very eyes. And what is amazing about this story in Mark chapter number 5, the Bible says that um, in verse number uh, 17, and they begin to pray him to part out of their coast. So signs and wonders is following Jesus' ministry. And of course, uh, the devil was cast out into the herd of swine. You know the story. And they had run off into the, the lake and they had drowned, which tells me and you, devils can't swim. <laughs> and, <clears throat> so if a devil gets after us, let's just go jump in South Holston. Amen. <laughs> you, and um, I don't know, it must be where we got the name Devil Ham too. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, what is amazing, they were wanting him to leave the city. They were praying him out of the city. Uh, it was getting into their finances. Uh, it had 
of course, uh, their livestock and the uproar, everything was in, upside down because Jesus had come to town. So they were praying him out of there. And the Bible goes on to say in verse number um, 18, And when he was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. So this man wanted to travel with Jesus. And uh, Jesus responded like this, and this is what we're trying to do today. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but said unto him, so he's wanting to travel with Jesus, let me stay with you. But he said, I want you to go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord had done for thee. And how he had had compassion on thee. We've just come to tell you what Jesus has done for us. How Jesus had compassion for us. And how Jesus has changed us. And what's impossible with man is possible with God. And what the devil has intended for bad, God has made good. And we are so thankful that we can be here with you all today just to share with you, just to go back to our friends and tell them what Jesus has done for us and how he had compassion on us. Because if it not had been for the grace and the love and the mercy of God, there would be three graves that would be filled this morning. Let me pray. Father, we just thank you for this time. Lord, we just thank you for your presence. We just thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. And Lord, we corporately come together this morning. And Lord, although we're testifying about the goodness of God and your mercy and your love and your compassion, Lord, let us be reminded that there's some right now in our community that does not know that. Well, currently, we're out here at Exit 7 selling Christmas trees as a fundraiser. And it's heartbreaking to watch both men and women walk out of the woods with a backpack on that has laid on this cold, frozen ground. Some under the influence. Some have no hope. Some are broken. But Lord, that's why you come to this world to save and to heal broken lives. To heal the brokenhearted. And to set the captive free. So Lord, we pray for these folks in our community. We pray for their salvation. We pray for their deliverance. And God, we are praying that our community will be a place where people will be set free that people will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, that our schools, our jobs, our community will be a place where people love Jesus. So Lord, just help us continue to move forward and do the work that you've called us all to do. Bless this ministry here, God. And Lord, we'll give you the praise, and we will give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you all so much. Thank you.